Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the July 13th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we look at numbers 1520 through 1525 of the Catechism. 4. The Effects of the Sacrament. A particular 1520, a particular gift of the Holy Spirit. The first grace of the sacrament is one of strengthening, peace and courage to overcome the difficulties that go with the condition of serious illness or the frailty of old age. This grace is a gift of the Holy Spirit who renews trust and faith in God and strengthens against the temptations of the evil one, the temptations of discouragement and anguish in the face of death. This assistance from the, from the Lord by the power of the Spirit is meant to lead the sick person to healing of the soul, but also of the body, if such is God's will. Furthermore, if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. 1521. Union with the Passion of Christ. By the grace of the sacrament, the sick person receives the strength and the gift of uniting himself more closely to Christ's Passion. In a certain way, he is consecrated to bear fruit by configuration to the Saviour's redemptive passion. Suffering, a consequence of original sin, acquires a new meaning. It becomes a participation in the saving work of Jesus. 1522. An ecclesial grace. The sick who receive the sacrament by freely uniting themselves to the passion and death of Christ contribute to the good of the people of God by celebrating the sacrament of the church in the communion of the saints intercedes for the benefit of the sick person and he for his part through the grace of the sacrament contributes to the sanctification of the church and to the good of all men for whom the church suffers and offers herself through Christ to God the Father. 1523 A preparation for the final journey If the sacrament of anointing of the sick is given to all who suffer from serious illness and infirmity, even more rightly it is given to those who are on the point of departing this life. So it is also called sacramentum exentium, the sacrament of those who are departing. The anointing of the sick completes our conformity to the death and resurrection of Christ, just as baptism began it. It completes the holy anointings that mark the whole Christian life, that of baptism which is sealed the new life in us, and that of confirmation which strengthened us for the combat of this life. This last anointing fortifies the end of our earthly life like a solid rampart for the final struggle before entering the Father's house. 5. Viaticum, the last sacrament of the Christian, 1524. In addition to the anointing of the sick, the Church offers those who are about to leave this life the Eucharist as viaticum, communion in the body and blood of Christ, received at this moment of passing over to the Father, has a particular significance and importance. It is the seed of eternal life and the power of the resurrection, according to the words of the Lord. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The sacrament of Christ once dead and now risen, the Eucharist is here the sacrament of passing from death to life, from this world to the Father. 1525. Thus, just as the sacrament of baptism, confirmation and the Eucharist form a unity called the sacraments of Christian initiation, so too it can be said that penance, the anointing of the sick, and the Eucharist 
as viaticum constitute at the end of Christian life the sacraments that prepare for our heavenly homeland or the sacraments that complete the earthly pilgrimage. Okay, so again, dealing with um, the sacrament and a more technical thing, what does it do? What does it do? How does it function? What effect does it have? And we're told that it gives a particular gift of the Holy Spirit, that we need the Holy Spirit. Christianity is not something we live by ourselves. Again and again, we have to fight against this idea that you can do it, the self-help mentality. Yes, sure, there's lots of great things we can do. And human ingenuity and human effort is great. But we can't save ourselves. And particularly when we're facing sickness, it's something that we find very hard. It's facing frailty. When once you were strong and, and now to, I don't know, to, to get out of the bed is impossible. Now people who are once were very fit, very strong, very capable, can't do anything. You get exhausted by doing the, le- the least thing. And so we need this grace of the Holy Spirit to help us in old age, to help us in sickness. And this is what the sacrament does especially. That it joins us to the passion of Christ. That it uh, allows us to be consecrated to become an altar Christus, to become another Christ. And then it gives us um, a closer link with the church. The church survives on the prayers of her members. The way the church can survive. The Catholic Church has basically been on the point of extinction from the moment it was uh, formed by Christ until today. The church has always had huge problems. That's why I always take such great happiness in reading the history of the church. Because you see that our age isn't the only age that's messed up. That so many times it happens that there, is, um, that there are serious problems in the, uh, in the church. And this is, an invitation to, um, this is an invitation to join our suffering to the church. To help the church to help our other Christians, to help those who are in purgatory by our suffering, that our suffering can become holy. Our sickness can be a holy sickness. And, uh, and then preparing us for death as well. That we need to prepare for death. That death shouldn't catch us unawares. This is part of our problem today. People don't like to... Mention death, it's almost a bad word. Our language has become terrible. That We use uh, all sorts of filthy language. And yet the word death, to die, is something you can't say. And even today when somebody dies, you can't say, oh, I'm so sorry that such and such a person died. You have to say, well, they passed. They, they, they went on. They, 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 we use uh, mental gymnastics or verbal gymnastics not to say the word death. And yet death is something that we have to face. That again, the, um, the society tries so hard to help people not to, not to look old. That there's so many products being sold, so many people pretending that they're not old. That the young people pretend that they're old, that the young ones who are 15, 16 pretend they're 21. But then uh, people begin to pretend they're not old. Uh, 
they're not going to die. And yet death is a reality that awaits all of us, unless we're in the last generation that's on earth when Christ comes in glory. But all of us are going towards death. And that this sacrament helps us in that journey. Along with the Eucharist, again, speaking the last part of it is speaking about the Viaticum, the Eucharist as the best way to prepare for death, as the best way to prepare for this Passover. That as Christ had his Passover, we have our Passovers that prepare us for death. So very good. So we finish the section with the in brief. 1526. Is there any among you sick? Let him call for the presbyters of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. 1527. The sacrament of the anointing of the sick has as its purpose the conferral of a special grace of on the Christian, experiencing the difficulties inherent in the condition of grave illness or old age. 1528. The proper time for receiving this holy anointing has certainly arrived when the believer begins to be in danger of death because of illness or old age. 1529. Each time a Christian falls seriously ill, he may receive the anointing of the sick, and also when, after he has received it, the illness worsens. 1530. Only priests, presbyters and bishops can give the sacrament of the anointing of the sick using oil blessed by the bishop or, if necessary, by the celebrating presbyter himself. 1531. The celebration of the anointing of the sick consists essentially in the anointing of the forehead and the hands of the sick person in the Roman rite or of the other parts of the body in the Eastern rite. The anointing being accompanied by the liturgical prayer of the celebrant asking for a special grace of the sacrament. 1532. The special grace of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick has as its effects the uniting of the sick person to the passion of Christ for his own good and that of the whole church, the strengthening peace and courage to endure in a Christian manner the sufferings of old age or illness, the forgiveness of sins, if the sick person was not able to obtain it through the sacrament of penance, the restoration of health, if it is conducive to the salvation of his soul, the preparation for passing over to eternal life. Okay, very well, that finishes this section on this sacrament. Again, just one tiny thing that I didn't say before, that the sacrament also forgives sins, venial sins, not mortal sins, venial sins. It forgives venial sins, but still, if somebody is uh, is sick and a priest is coming to them, it would be good, if, if possible, for them also to, to, to receive sacramental absolution. And that way they can confess, and um, the confession always helps. And also, if there are mortal sins, obviously, but uh, to confess is always good as well. So we continue tomorrow, and tomorrow we'll have 1533 through 1535. God bless.